This is John Sewell, New Year's Eve 2020. Really honored to have my friend Sven Rieger on the show, all the way from Germany. Sven, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's going to be a pleasure talking with you, Sean. Oh, thank you. I, I'm super excited. A little background about Sven. He is uh, very involved in Strong First. He is Strong First Germany. If you follow his handle on Instagram, as I suggest to you, he is SFG, SFG2, SFB, SFL, Strong First team leader as of May 2020. All around a strong, positive, kind person. And we're going to have a fun, fun discussion, especially the end of 2020. I think we could all use some inspiring strength and encouragement. So nobody better than having Sven on the show. So, all right, Sven, let's get into it. What, what got you involved in health and fitness in the first place? Well, I got introduced to training and kettlebell training in general, actually just through accident by friends of mine. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, I just thought it's going to be a nice hobby for a few months. <laughs> so, and here I am probably almost 15 years later, still training. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it actually turned into an, a passion of mine and funny enough also into a profession which is something at that point i just would not ever have considered mm -hmm. so back at that time my actual plan was to become a teacher a school teacher okay so now i'm a teacher of strength if you will so somehow it still turned out that way but it's uh interesting how it all came about to be honest yeah, um, i totally understand um like you i never knew i would go into the profession but I like teaching like you do and really grateful that we get to do this now. It's such a big capacity. It's amazing. Too. Yeah. Especially because I used to be so shy. Mm -hmm. If you would have told me with 20, 22, that I'd be the one standing in front of group teaching, I would have never believed you. Never. <laughs> that was just yeah. something that completely was out of my mind. And I didn't thought it possible to be honest, because I saw teachers and role models, how they did it. And I thought I never would I be able to, to have such an impression on people like they had on me. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that uh, slowly but steadily, it starts to turning out that way. Um, it is. I think it helps you and, and people like you and myself come from a more honest and compassionate place. Like you, very shy. Exactly. I mean, I dropped out of college because I don't want to do speeches. Like I really <laughs> have a huge phobia of being in front of crowds. Um, but now we kind of live for it, right? Like still get nervous but it's exciting to present in the team. and it's crazy because in your case as well you would not get the impression by the way you moderate the podcast and interviews it's it's just it's remarkable well thank you i appreciate that a lot of hard work like you're doing you know it's yeah. slow and steady gradual pace you don't get there by quickness it's step by step and sometimes i think dan john said that once it's you have to be brave enough to take the small steps yeah oh i like that because yeah. you, it's just the ones that get you ahead over time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you think, well, it won't make a big difference. Well, not in that moment, mm -hmm. but consecutive, consecutively done over months, years. I mean, that's what, you, what's, what will get you the, the results in anything, basically. You're right. And I'm glad to say in anything, not just in conditioning and fitness, exactly. right? but in learning any skill set, uh, a hobby, relationships they all take consistent effort and you might take a step forward it might take two steps back but you're still if you can I like this term fail forward right because yeah a lot of failures a lot of, <laughs> i'm not going to lie to anybody here i fail probably every day several times a day but if you can learn from those experiences and just put your bootstraps up and just go after it again um, you'll be successful yeah. more appreciative too 
and you'll get the experience. Yeah, you can't. You because can't if you're practice. afraid to fail, that is what, what's going to hold you back. I mean, mm -hmm. there is, um, you, you probably heard of Jordan Peterson, right? Yes. So he's going to get out a new book in, in March, Another 12 Rules for Life. And the first chapter there is, I think, going to be about how you need to be a fool first <laughs> before you can move forward, basically, in everything you do. I dig that. That's good. And it's, it's just that it needs courage, sure, mm -hmm. because you start in something you don't know anything about, basically. But you have to start doing to get the experience, which means you, have, you will fail in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And more in the beginning than later, but you still will fail. It's not yep. going to stop. I mean, and not at least not in my experience so far. No. But it's what will give you the the perspective. That's a good word. So when you when you start teaching new people, you 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 know how they feel. That is what will give you that um, compassion as, as a teacher. I think. Yes, that's good advice. And if somebody here is a fitness professional or teacher in that matter. Um, yeah, having that compassion for your student, mm -hmm. your client, or, or for whoever you're, you're getting to do, do service for really will go a long ways as opposed to just barking at them. Exactly. But I don't work with anybody who does better with a stick than the carrot mm -hmm. and the honey over the, that too. I think Fabio, Fabio Zonin um, explained that beautifully when he was talking about himself, that he, he said that he never was the most gifted athlete. N never the strongest, but he's pretty strong. So, pretty strong. I mean, if you look <laughs> at what he's doing still, it's, it's amazing. But he said what gave him the, the edge as a trainer was that he knew how it is to figure things out because you're not that natural talent. So you have to work, you have to, to research, you have to, to figure things out yourself. Someone who's, who never had to struggle with something they might be good as an athlete, but that won't make them a good teacher. Yeah. And that is always the danger, I think, when you're good at something, you don't understand how hard it might be for someone else, which is so important when you teach someone things like, I mean, let's take the get up, for example. Mm -hmm. When you show someone a get up the first time, they look at you and think, what, what, are you crazy? Yeah. Why would I'm not going to do that? <laughs> yeah. And then with the weight, no way. But then you, with the experience you got up until that point, probably you're able to, to take away the fear mm -hmm. and introduce them step by step. And I mean, yeah, tell them how you felt the first time doing that thing. Um, it, it helps to smooth the edges for them, basically. Yeah. The, way I, the, the fear factor. I like that a lot. And and you've been a really big fan of the show for a lot of reasons. And the people we get to talk to it blows my mind this year, especially. And like he's mentioned, Dan, John, he was on, he had mm -hmm. great nuggets. Um, and, and back to your, uh, not being the best by anything. One of our, my, our favorite people and our, the former CEO for strong first, Eric Frohart, retired Navy SEAL. I just listened to a podcast oh. with him yesterday. <laughs> was, it, was it Brad Kern's one? Exactly. Oh yeah. Because of you, you, you posted about that one and I thought I need to listen to that because Eric's just funny enough. He was, I met him at my SFG one. Really? He was still CEO at that time. Yeah. And he came over to Europe. I did my level one in, in Hungary with Peter Lakatos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric was there. Um, just observing how everything went along. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had no idea who he was. Oh, yeah. He's good about being humble. <laughs> yeah. 
afterwards I found out and it was like yeah. yeah. You would not believe just yeah. meeting the guy what what he's accomplished so far. I mean he's just so down to earth, approachable, mm-hmm. kind. It's it's crazy. I'm glad you got that feeling for him too. Uh, for people who don't know who he is, I'll, I'll give a, a brief summary. Um, the Brad Kearns, uh, which is the B-Rad podcast now, as of like yesterday. Oh, yeah, he uh, renamed it, right? Yeah, which I think is deserving. His name is Brad, B-Rad. Why not? <laughs> you know? And he's an entertaining, enthusiastic yeah. a fan of conditioning and training and fitness, much in the same regard that Sven and I are. And uh, he had Eric on. And I learned more about Eric in that episode than I knew prior. And I've known Eric for five or six years. And like you, I, I didn't know who he was. I, I blindly emailed Eric Frohart at his Mac email address because my friend that I trained, uh, hit, her husband was best friends with Eric. And she's like, you love the outdoors, the backcountry skiing and kettlebells. You would like my friend, Eric. Why don't you guys get a bromance going to get some coffee, meet him for coffee. And everybody's wearing like all suits and stuff in this business center here in Denver. And I'm wearing like Patagonia puffy and like a beanie. And I have a beard. And the only person hairier than me and had more gear on was Eric. And we sat down and we riffed about, you know, his, his time in the Navy SEALs and gear. And he's like, oh, yeah, and I, I run strong first. I was like, what am I doing? How do I get to the table with this person? And so we became friends after that and started being coming hiking buddies. And he's just that sounds buddy. amazing. Yeah. So uh, we have a, an engagement podcast with Eric on there as well. Definitely worth mm-hmm. checking out. But um, oh, yeah, it's an amazing episode. Thank you. Yeah, he's just he's just a wealth of information and motivation too. And he has those exactly. those, those great nuggets like like Dan John, everybody has on Brad Jones, where they just say something so simple and you're like, that's effective, that's profound. I can apply that right now. And like you said, he wasn't the best at anything, but he got through buds in one try. He he did several tours. He he was successful because he put in the hard work and just step after step. He wasn't the best or the fastest or the quickest. He just got exactly. the job done. That's the point, I think. Just the over-specialization a lot of people strive sometimes for. I think it's, it might be a little bit short-sighted mm-hmm. on the long term. I mean, sometimes it looks, it, it's probably great or it seems like a great idea to focus so narrowly on something. Mm-hmm. But you also have to consider what it might take away from you in other areas. That's, good. That's also one of the things I, I love about Dan John is that the compass he has. Mm-hmm. And he says, basically... No matter which direction you go, it's the pray, play, I can't, I don't remember all the four yeah. uh, directions, but basically it should enrich your whole life. Mm-hmm. So the circle should grow and still stay a circle, basically, if that makes sense, so that you don't have a, an unformally shape or how you might call it. Yes. So if, if one thing gets too specialized and takes away from the rest of your life, I mean, if you're something like a Olympic sprinter, mm-hmm. then that's definitely something that will happen because to perform on such a high level, there is just no other way around, I think. But for 90, 99% of the people, um, yeah. I'm, that's a really good way. Not the best approach. Yeah. You know, I'm going to reach out to Dan and get an episode going here in February. And I'll bring up that because I want to learn more about that as well. Every time Dan, when he talks, you're just like, just get the pad of paper and start taking notes, right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> You're really good about capturing the essence from other people's podcasts and sharing it. And uh, I really enjoyed that you did that with the Brett Jones episode because that was one of my favorite ones ever. And I was just like starstruck the whole time. And you mm-hmm. were able to grab some really good nuggets in there and, and share them a lot online. And so I was like, oh, yes, he did say that. That was super effective. 
So sometimes I see an episode and I'm like, okay, it's under an hour. I can listen to that on my way to work. Mm-hmm. And then I start taking notes. Mm-hmm. And the episode that takes probably 50 minutes to listen to, uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm sitting there for over an hour. Wow. So it probably sometimes doubles the time. Wow, I appreciate it's that. That's awesome. <laughs> that is super- it puts things into sp- I think I have over 600 notes on my iPhone there. Wow. Oh yeah, my with one third of them or oh no, probably half of them being podcast notes. It's I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, what are some other podcasts you enjoy? Oh, there was an older one, but it's not getting updated anymore. It was a super strength show. Okay, don't know that one yet. I don't, I'm not sure if you still find the episodes, but he had so amazing. Brooks Kubik, for example, was there talking about the old time strongman. I'm getting goosebumps just wow. thinking about it. Yeah. Um, then, oh gosh, let me think. Now I'm blinking on that. Um, can I look up? Wait, give me a yeah, second. Please, please. I can give you a few because there's just so many I started to listen to. Um, I know Alex de Hebrew Hammer does a good job with the old man strong. Oh, exactly. He has a great one as well, the Hammercast. Hammercast, yep. He's a he's a hoot. Um oh I, I like I like actually Jocko's podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jocko yeah, yeah Jocko. That's a great one. But especially in regards to training, I think FMS did a great job with their podcast. Yeah, it's actually really good. Very entertaining too. Uh, gray and lee together that is just a combination oh it's fun yeah funny enough i did my fms in 2011 oh oh, this is a good segue to find out okay what your path was to all your credentials (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so before you push record uh sven did a great job explaining so i'll 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 have the the pitch right here so um what was your introduction to kettlebells and fitness in that matter so so basically just all of my friends at that time started training. That was around, like I said, probably 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, let's just give it a try and see how long it, you will stick with it. I thought it would be a few months tops. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2011, it was, no, in 2010, actually, it was just by accident that a friend of mine introduced me to kettlebells. And I still cannot tell you till this day what exactly it was that hooked me. Hmm. But I had that thing in my hand and I knew that was actually what I was looking for for so long. That's great. And uh, we, we started training a friend of mine together down in the basement at my parents' place with a 16 kilo kettlebell and Pavel's entered the kettlebell back at that time. And it was since then, it ever was a part of my training. Um, when Strong First got founded and the, the release of Simple and Sinister, so Pavel's first book under Strong First. That was actually the reason I got more involved into the whole community, basically. And it took another three years, though, for me to, to do my very first certification with Strong First. That was in 2016 in, in Hungary with Peter, like I told you, yeah. where I met Eric. And um, so, but to go back in time, a friend of mine actually who I did my very first kettlebell workshop with him mm-hmm. but th- at that time we basically didn't know each other <laughs> now he's my best friend so that turned out to be a half year of just knowing each other it was basically with you and Eric just yeah. sitting there and everything clicks it's it's crazy sometimes uh, yes yeah, beautiful um, but he introduced me to to the functional movement systems okay and in 2011 they would have had the first certification in Germany. 
which was fully booked completely in just a few weeks, I think. And through him, I also got very involved in martial arts. Okay. And he's a full instructor under Guru Dan in Osanto. So Guru Dan was Bruce Lee's best friend and best student. And he's still running a martial arts school in, in uh, Los Angeles. Really? And he took me with him that year. So that was also quite an interesting time. Um, but what also was is that in 2011, there was another FMS certification in Los Angeles at that time. So we did the FMS there because we couldn't get a spot at the one in Germany. Wow. <laughs> the crazy thing was that one was run by Gray and Lee in person. Oh, my. There you go. It's crazy. I still have the picture of, of them with us. I mean, it's nine years. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Gray Cook. He's me uh, talking right there. Um, yeah. Co-founder of FMS. And mm -hmm. together with me. Yeah. Wow. Also a wealth of knowledge. It's crazy. Every time you listen to him, you pick something up. Oh, yeah. It's things you thought you knew, but the way he phrases them, the way he puts it into perspective, sometimes it's just different, I'd say. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to describe because it's things you think you know, but the way he expresses them makes you think about them in a different way. And then... Yeah, you, you get a, a, new, a few new connections. It's also with the movement book. I don't know if you read it. Yeah. Every time I read it, it's just you pick up things you, you didn't see before, basically, which is interesting. That's good perspective. I like that. You know, embarrassingly, what I would do, <laughs> I camp a lot by myself and my dogs, and I'll download uh, either, you know, um, from OPT books or whatever, from, you know, Gray Cook or FMS, mm -hmm. or download or Brett June stuff and download it and then watch it while I'm camping. And to study and study and study it. And it, like you said, different times it hits you different ways and you learn things in different pattern. And you're like, oh, that's how you do that. Mm -hmm. That was the same with, with me a few weeks ago. Um, I, I started doing a program by Pavel Matzek. Mm -hmm. It's his test program for the advanced uh, program minimum. So the program minimum is basically simple and sinister. So swings and get-ups. And the advanced program minimum, I think, goes back to Bob Hoffman from York Barbell. Oh, wow. So his idea was that you basically need a quick lift and a slow grind to, to get the best results, which for him were at that time the barbell snatch and the barbell bent press. Oh, wow. Definitely a grind. And Pavel adapted it to the kettlebell, basically. So it's the kettlebell snatch and the kettlebell bend press. But he, he says also that there will be a point where you have to transition from the kettlebell to the barbell because it just gets unhandy for the bend press, mm -hmm. which is funny to think because if you remember the barbell having in one hand, it's not very uh, yeah. handy as well. <laughs> I'm going to try and find some links to you doing this with the barbell. So people get rested <laughs> to this. It's, it's, it's beyond my skill set by far. And so whenever I see you do that, I'm like, Wow, I have a long ways to go. <laughs> it's inspiring. To be honest, it just needs a little bit of introduction time mm -hmm. because the, the center of mass is different. But once you figure out how to align yourself under the weight, it's actually, um, it might become easier than the kettlebell, I think, because it's, it's a different way how you press into the weight and away from it. Okay. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
So I was doing the calendar snatch. That's actually what I wanted to talk about. Um, and I progressed really, really good, in my opinion, up to the 44 kilo bell now. Snatching the 44? Snatching. And I know, I'm not sure if you know Tim Ammond. He's a senior instructor from Strong First in Australia. Yes, it sounds familiar. And he's a monster in the snatch. He's crazy. If you look at his stuff, it's, it's just, he swings the 88 like other people, the 48. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Strong. And um, I think one of the strongest snatches with the 44 I ever saw. And he got in contact with me. He was like, yeah, I might help you out with the snatch if you want to. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. I mean, someone like him offering me help, who would I be to, to not take that? And he wanted me to send him a few videos from different angles. And he was like, you know what? There are some issues here. Um, let's go back to the swing. And at first I was like, oh, seriously, do I want to yeah. do that? Yeah. It's always hard when you have to take a step back. It's always hard. Yes, yeah, very humble. Um, but his, he, thought, he said that basically I'm not generating enough power. I'm, I'm compensating through my upper body, through my back. He, he basically said I'm too strong for my technique. Yeah, And he was absolutely right, because when I looked at the videos, I was like, okay, this is actually embarrassing. <laughs> Seeing me snatching like that, I thought, no way. And he made me go back to the swing. So for the last probably six or eight weeks now, I'm, I'm just doing two-arm swings. And I reread, there's the topic again, The Quick and the Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great book. And there is towards the end that section where Pavel talks about power exercises and that a standard progression just won't work for them because you already have the weight where your power production is maximized. You're already giving each rep 100%. So increasing the weight would not work because your power would drop. Mm -hmm. Doing more reps would also have probably more disadvantage effects than anything else. So he was like, the progression here or the way you progress or structure your training is just different. You, you stay with the weight way longer. And that's where I realized, A, my mistake. Mm -hmm. I was progressing way too fast. I was just focused on the number because the 44 snatch just sounded so awesome. And it's that sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other thing was that um, I lost focus or lost sight of what I had the exercise in my training program for. It was for power. It's not the weight basically mm -hmm. i mean it's not a strength exercise like the deadlift mm -mm. and that is i think one of the big issues if you start losing sight of what you're doing the exercise for you will run into trouble one way or the other it, that is very true I, I thank you for explaining that and i'm guilty of this too when i was uh, going for my sfg i am um, I got cocky, got ahead of myself, and I'm like, oh, I can snatch 24, no problem. And I'm taking a break off to go focus on splitboarding, and I, I partially tore my bicep. Uh, yeah. No yeah, so like I was just doing too much too fast, like you said. And it, my, my range of motion is a little bit, I can hyperextend my right arm, which doesn't mm -hmm. do any favors under load. So yeah, slow and steady, back to the slow and steady, just do the right thing. Exactly. But good for you You're, for being open for, for um, honestly, critique, but for, for a teaching opportunity, right? And you're a team. Exactly. Yeah. We can always learn and always improve and always stay hungry for knowledge. I mean, going, going back to Guru Dan Inosanto, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure when he did that. He's over 80 now. Wow. And he's basically a living legend in regards to martial arts. Um, 
but still he went back a few years ago and um went to the machados they're one of the big brazilian jiu-jitsu families okay. and um basically went to them and said hey give me give me a white belt i want to learn your system wow right back to the so game. here's a living legend in martial arts but he's humble enough to start as a white belt again wow and that is just so amazing i mean if you if you inter- if you're interested in that you should have mark cheng on yeah he he became strong for his master instructor actually this year and he uh he treats guru dan every now and then and he's training at the at the inosanto academy as well he was an assistant at the fms i did in la back in 2011 that's where i met him actually through the martial arts <laughs> a beautiful small world i love it it's, it's it's interesting and he actually got to to know pavel satsulin through guru dan well that's a unique path it's interesting it's so interesting <laughs> it's all did you did you do the indian club work uh, course by brad uh the one a few weeks ago he has one on the fms side i believe I think it's free for pro members but i think you can get it for around 20 bucks or so oh with brad jones yeah brad teaches it Okay, I, I have it queued up. I'm going through ground force method, and then I'm going to do that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much. To there's so much through. this year, especially. I think uh, I get more courses this year because why not? <laughs> why exactly. Not? I mean, when you have the opportunity. Why not? Yeah. Like most recently, um, you went through this before I did, much before. Got the strong. strong. Yeah. I, I had not planned on doing that. I actually was going to, with our friend Matthew Flaherty in New York City, I was going to take the um, Indian Club course and then. On that Friday night, I get a beautiful email from Pavel, Pavel Tutsling. Mm-hmm. Would you be my guest at Plan Strong? I was like, I'm oh, dropping everything. Oh. Yep. So, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, my time is your time, sir. Yes, I'm there. It's, it's just so. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because Doc Chang said something similar about Gray Cook. Yeah. He says, when Gray asks if you have time, you have time. You, you make new time. Yes. You just make the time available. It's yeah. so crazy. Uh, it's, that was what I was getting into was, um, when you look at the introduction of the Indian club course, mm-hmm. Gray actually talks about where he, where the whole system sometimes comes from. And actually he spent some time with Guru Dan about that. Wow. So it's all sometimes interconnected. It's so interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Wait, thank you for drawing the picture. I, there, it's not a separate looks It all, it all, you know, it's cool. And you probably learned this when you went to the strong endurance, the language that gets shared in the knowledge, it's, is very similar working in the yeah. same fields and like we're, the end goal is very similar to, to teach is, people, <laughs> help them. Yeah. I mean, that is the whole thing. You, you have to start somewhere mm-hmm. because you will pick it up along the way. But it's also the same was true for me in martial arts back at that time. So you, you start, everything's new, and you just sometimes are not able to connect the dots. But the more you do, the mm-hmm. more you get a complete picture of everything. And the more you see how things actually play into each other and... Um, play off each other it's 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 fantastic i mean it really is and and to your credit this is something i noticed about you and your character you're really good about connecting the dots and then also giving um giving credit where credit's due and and that that's a beautiful thing and, and pavel's great this as well as brett like very humble and just like putting the connections out there putting the, the good mojo the love out there mm-hmm. It comes back in ways you'll never can anticipate in beautiful ways. And you're like a great example of this, all the connections you've made over the last you know, 11 years or so. It's cool to hear. Really cool. Yeah, but that's something that I got taught by 
basically all of my teachers from the very beginning. So Guru Dan w was very big about that when he taught his classes. And then also when I got to know Pavel Matzek, he was also, he was always like, uh, give credit where, where credit's due. And I think that's important. Yeah. In anything in life. <laughs> and also yeah. um, for the person who, who receives that, that little shout out, it might be that thing that boosts them that day. Too. And I mean, exactly. I can't tell many times I'm in a funk. I'll be totally honest. This, this year has been kind of funky, but every once in a while I get something like from you or from other uh, colleague or a friend. I'm like, all right, today's a great day. You know, <laughs> I exactly know what you mean. I yeah. know what you mean. A little boost. Um, sometimes you also don't know how much that, how long that stuff is actually around. Right. I mean, you get to probably, you got taught it by, let's say Brett or Fabio, but you didn't know how they got involved with it or who taught them. It's just, sometimes that is so beautiful with when, when Brooks Kubik from uh, Dinosaur Training, that's the mm -hmm. book he got uh, famous for when he talks about the old time strongman and he creates those, those lines back in time. And um it, it gives you that feeling of just being connected to something so much bigger. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so, it's an interesting feeling sometimes. I would when agree. You, when you, when you take the barbell or the kettlebell to, to train and just think a moment for how long this has been going on the, just the people striving to get stronger. It's probably something that is so deeply in us. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, to get the, the lineage sometimes puts in perspective for you um, the how big that tradition, how big that family is. Yeah, uh, that's well put. I really enjoy that. And I don't know about you, but this last year or so, as far as business with um, restrictions and things closing, mm -hmm. um, I've been doing this about the same amount of time as you have, probably you know, 15 years professionally. And it was unique to see how the, the students changed. And so now I'm really fortunate the people I get to work with actually, they want to learn more about the kettlebells, about the Indian clubs, about the mace, about body weight conditioning, because they understand that it can improve their, their quality of life. And this, for them, it's not about in the gym as much as it is on the mountains. I'm here in Colorado and, you know, people I get to work with and serve, they, they're, they're skiers, hikers, bow hunters, campers, family men and women, grandparents, and they just want to move well. And, you know, obviously with FMS and, and the good patterns, go through the patterns and make sure they're good, then load them. And it's great. They, they get very curious. They're like, tell me more about Pablo. Tell me more about Brett Jones. Like, and then they listen to the podcast and then they get in, they get interested in the history and the culture behind yeah, it. And, and it yeah, builds yeah. greater depth than, than a person who I might have worked with 10 years ago, who just wants to come in for a workout and has like no interest in the history of, health, wellness, or strength. They just want to break a sweat and, you know, get some stress relief, which I can respect. But fortunately, I don't work with those people as much anymore. And, and you need sometimes those sessions where you just get in, break a sweat, and you're done for the day. But mm -hmm. it's not what will keep, what, what's going to keep you in training. No. And then that's it's, true. Hopefully the listen to professionals out there, listen to this, you know, and I don't, I don't like putting down anything, but flashy workouts won't serve your people or yourself long-term the way you think it might. Yeah, that's the point. And I'm not sure if it's putting people down. It's just, I think when you call yourself a professional, then you, 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 you did your work. Mm -hmm. You dug into the material. And when you do that, just 
a little more than reading one book, you will start to see a connection, a thread back in time. And you will see that there is more to it than it, it looks like at the beginning. I mean, yeah, training is, is good. But like you said, it's, it's not training itself necessarily. It's what you will get out of training. Yes. The, like the why. Like why is it you want to exactly. do Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, dig your, I dig your approach. And this will resonate with a lot of people out there for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was your why? So you started with a, um, a 16 kilo and a four kilo kettlebell, right? The four kilo. Four, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. We were not, we, we didn't know what we were getting into at that time. And we thought yeah. Like, yeah, you need lighter weights to practice technique. So let's get a four kilo kettlebell as well. <laughs> so the thing arrived and my friend looked at it and basically said, okay, that looks pretty much useless. Yes. <laughs> Which it was, we, we never used it till this day. It's just catching dust. I'm, I can I can empathize. I ordered five pound and a 10 pound. So well, like it was a two kilo and like a four. Yeah, it was, they're in the closet, like holding books up right now. <laughs> yeah. At least there is some, some uh, thing you can do with them. So And their vinyl coated, they'll last forever. But yeah, that's how we learned, right? <laughs> it's jumping the fire. Yeah. I mean, you had Jeff Sokol on, right? Oh, so yeah. But yeah, I mean, he started with some kettlebell aerobics DVD and look where he's now. It's oh, he's the old saying of it doesn't matter where you start. As long as you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's the it, point. It is. And I don't want to, uh, well, I want to keep going on the path of your history. Oh, of yeah, sure. Education. But um, one thing I do know some people approach for um, consultations and stuff is the action piece. They'll overanalyze, they'll have whiteboards and they'll have spreadsheets and pivot tables. And I'm like, why don't we just have some coffee and just go do this thing and see if it works. If it works, we're going to double down. If it doesn't work, we scrap it and take some notes. Just action. Just That's my little, little tidbit for the day. Just, just action. Yeah, but that's the most important part. Mm -hmm. That's where, that's one of the key things I, I took from Jordan Peterson because he says, the world is a place of action. If mm -hmm. you don't act... Well, what can you expect? <laughs> yeah, you, no. you can't expect any results from work you didn't do. Mm, like and you, you have to, that's what we said earlier, you have to, to A, start somewhere and start collecting experience. And I mean, failure is part of that process, mm -hmm. but you can't let that stop you. That's great. Because there is no standing still, it just doesn't work. Yeah. If you're not stand, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. Ooh, there. Sometimes it sounds cheesy, but I, that's what I found to be true, and that's where the the, the tiny steps sometimes mm -hmm. uh, just are so important, so valuable. Mm -hmm. Because even if it doesn't look like much, you did not make a step back that day. I like that. That that incremental process of improvement. But yeah. if it's just one percent, it doesn't matter. It's one percent more. <laughs> yeah, it's the moving forward. And those one percent will accumulate together, and you never know where they will take you. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah, the the term I I, I like to regurgitate all the time is paralysis by analysis. Exactly. Yeah. Or what Pablo always says is understanding is a delaying tactic. <laughs> <laughs> that is also great. I like that. Let's put that in the notes too. I already have a page of notes. This is going to be great. Awesome. <laughs> I need a <laughs>
<laughs> uh, okay. okay, so um, you you do SMS first in LA, uh, exactly. and then you you're getting curious. You're doing uh, Pavel's books. Uh, Strong first becomes a thing in uh, thirteen, mm-hmm. I believe, and then you uh, you study materials, and then you go in Hungary with Eric. In Hungary, yeah. Um, get the SFG, and then you also have accomplished SFG too. Yeah, oh. that was actually two years later. So I did the SFL before that. Oh, the lifter. Yes. Yeah, because um, so I signed up for the SFG one probably at the end of 2015, just to get myself a commitment <laughs> and started training for that. And then a PlanStrong event went online. And oh. at that time, I had no idea what PlanStrong was about. It was just a special event with Pavel Tsetselin in Europe. So, well, you make time for that. Yes. Uh, that was in May of 2016. And that's where I met Fabio. Fun, fun. And um, yeah, also one of the probably key points in the whole development because he turned on to be one of my best friends at that point. It's it's just interesting oh, how things sometimes play along. Yeah. yeah. We've been to metal concerts together uh, in, in Germany, in Italy. It's <laughs> Oh, that's great. It's so awesome, I can tell you. It's, it's just, that is also one of the things what struck me at PlanStrong was you met people for the first time mm-hmm. and there's that instant connection. Mm-hmm. And that happened at every single Strong First event. I, I would agree with you it's completely. Um, I was doing the SFG uh, second time around and Brett Jones was the, the, the master one. And we had a little circle of powwow and it was, why are you here? And what is Strong First to you? And uh, again, I don't like speaking in public. <laughs> so it gets to me, I'm like nervous and shaking. And I, I said something to the effect of, to me, strong first is family. And that left it at That's that. That's the perfect answer. Yeah, it's true because, you know, uh, a little bit of, I've been through some stuff. Uh, while I was going through SFG1, um, my sister was battling brain cancer. And, you know, on Saturday night, everybody goes out for dinner and some beers. And I went to go with her, be by her side because she was blind at the time, agreed to her uh, at hospice. And I let Eric know, my, hey, I'm sorry you didn't make the dinner. But here, you know, this is why I didn't come. And he was like, wow, you know, amazing. So before she passed, a lot of my friends now from Strong First stepped up and reached out in a lot of ways. And so it truly was like family. You know, it was beautiful, like having the support of men and women that I look up to and admire and respect. And now I get to call friends like you do with Fabio and go to go to metal concerts or go camping or get a beer or five. You know, it's, it's great. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful, small world. And it, it really is a family. Everybody I've met through Strong First. They've been amazing people. I mean, I've still, I think I still have a standing invitation going to South Korea back from the Plant Strong event. Yeah. With Joey Yang. Um, <laughs> I met him back then and we never met since in person, but we're still in contact. And it's, oh, it's, cool. it's, it's the beauty about the whole thing. Like you said, it's the family aspect. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to give more credit to Strong Person in the colleagues we have, I have gone through a lot of courses, as of you, I'm sure, and none of them have that culture and depth. Yeah. And there's some great courses. I've learned a lot, not discounting the education I've received, but the education and culture and connection kind of seems to stop on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go home and do your work. Going back to Fabio, that is one thing he said at another podcast where he was talking about the, the certifications. He was like, sure, people will sign up for the content or whatever. Mm-hmm but they will stay because of that feeling of family, of, of belonging to something bigger. 
And I think when you went through the SFG one, that what is the SFG speech on day three? Mm-hmm. Um, that is just, um, he did that in, in Spain two years ago. I assisted at that level one. And it was just, you were, I got goosebumps the whole speech over. It was just crazy. But you also saw the people, the attendees, their eyes got wide and they were looking and because they realized how much more there is to the whole thing. I mean, it's that that strength has a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. And once you get that, an idea of how this could, could look, I think this is what will open your eyes to how much more there is to, to training actually. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Yeah. And it, it is. And I think that you, the thing you learn from the Stromfords events, isn't just also like how to really effectively coach and teach and find these little minutiae to, to tweak, to make things more effective, but also like um, why people do things, why, why they're there in front of you in the first place. Um, it's, it's very effective. Well, speaking of who, who taught the SFL for you? Was it for- oh, that was Doc Hardo. Oh, Doc Hardo. That was, I, I, I absolutely wanted to do my SFL with him. Yes. And uh, since Fabio basically laid out my way, because at the Plant Strong, I asked him, so I signed up for SFG1. Mm-hmm. What would he recommend me to, to follow up that with? And he looked like me like, given your build, SFL. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> And Doc came over in 2017 to England. Oh, cool. The SFL there. Um, and that was an amazing experience because yeah. he's just such a great guy. His sense of humor is so. He's very humorous. He is amazing. <laughs> I mean, Dry humor. You have to. Sometimes it was like, okay, is that a joke or is he serious? But. It's so great. Also, the way, I mean, with his experience as a powerlifter and chiropractor, mm-hmm. the way he, he made sense of, certain, of, of why you did certain things the way they, they were being taught, um, it opened your eyes to, well, how to say, to question the sometimes standard approach of teaching certain barbell lifts. Mm, yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I love his approaches, like you said, uh, his dry sense of humor. How many times did he pull the humorous joke on you guys? If he didn't laugh and he said humorous, right? Oh, at one point, I stopped counting. Right, right. <laughs> In the dust. He does it every time. And since then, yeah. I think I met, I met him also last year in Italy. I was assisting at, at the SFL there. And yeah, it's the same thing all over again, but it's oh, yeah. just so great. Oh, it is. Metallica and humorous. That's exactly. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Every every SFL course we had here in Germany, uh, SFL barbell course, the user courses, where in Germany we, we uh, had Metallica playing in honor of Doc. Beautiful. I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> He's such a good guy. I love it. Um, I did the course with him August of a year or two ago, I think two years ago, at our gym here, Existence Athletics in, in Denver. Great course. And, you know, like, like you mentioned, I tabled all my barbell stuff. I didn't touch barbells for years. I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn from Doc in this system. I'm glad I did. I didn't come in with any bad habits or if I did, I, I table those bad habits and just yeah. learn the system correctly. And it was super effective. But, um, and again, like building a friendship, he'll call me up like, Hey, Sean, I'm gonna go keep in my boys. What, what stove should I get? And I'm like, Oh, here's a, here's a link for a stove for, you know, go camping. 
So it's fun. It's family. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you have the SFG, SFG2, SF, um, the lifter, SFB as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So... 2000, so 2016 SFG1, 2017 SFL, and then I signed up for the SFG2 in 2018. Okay. And I went to Philadelphia for that one. Philly. Because I wanted to do at least one of the certifications in the States. And um, um, that was, let me think, that was September, I think. Fabio was teaching that one. It was probably, it was over close to a hundred people. Wow. So we had four or five teams and I don't know how many assistants. It was just crazy. Jeremy Layport was there as well. Oh, Jeremy. Awesome. I did. Uh, yeah. I did. Uh, my... He taught the jerk. Oh, he taught the jerk. And I mean, with his background in Olympic lifting, that was just so, mm-hmm. it was eye-opening in a lot of regards because you think kettlebells barbells just quite a difference but the way he translated what you do with a barbell to the kettlebell was just phenomenal also the way he he was able to explain things to to break them down that was just and also very interesting very dark kind of humor but i like that yeah <laughs> yeah Jeremy, uh, he lived here in colorado when i when i met him he was at cu or just had left cu and then we did our sfb together karen smith was teaching and uh, he's very strong. He's very oh, strong. he's <laughs> it's a beast. And he commands the room. Yeah. It's crazy. When he was teaching, there was nobody talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, made, he, he gave them one chance to listen, and everybody used that chance because you <laughs> didn't want, want to find out what else would happen. That's if awesome. You didn't listen. And <laughs> respect for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, um, so he was there. Okay. And then um, can you go over? I have not done the SFG2. What is in the SFG2? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's very different in regards to the SFG1 in, because most of the lifts, so it's um, the double press is being taught, but it's not a technique standard. Mm-hmm. So you have the double push press, the double jerk, the double snatch, and then it's the windmill and the bend press. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So you cover the bottom-up drills, you cover a few athletic drills, but those are the main points of the certifications. And um, I mean, usually it's stuff you don't do with a lot of people you train. Right. I, I have like two people I do the jerk with. Exactly. I have probably no one. At <laughs> least not with double kettlebells. I, I did a, the push press with a lot of people by now. Oh yeah, the push press is especially very- during during the quarantine because not, because not everyone has access to a wide range of kettlebells, so the press sometimes is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost everyone was able to do a decent push press, so that is one of the. Th- but not double because then you have the mobility requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that is unique in that way because it that regard it's basically just more exercises you do for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then again, you also go over the material from level one again. So you really hone the skill set. Yeah. Now with the perspective that you are already certified. Mm -hmm. So you're not coming as a new person to the skills. You already did your SFG one. You at least probably spend one year with the skills. So the expectation is way higher Mm -hmm. in that regard. And um, you, you have to be as an attendee, very prepared in regards to 
all around fitness, mm -hmm. basically, because you have to do the strength test, which is a half body weight kettlebell press for men. So one arm press. Mm. And I think it's a, a third body weight press for women. Then you have to do your snatch test. You have to do all the level one skills and you have to do the level two skills. Oh, that's mean. That's <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of um, ground you have to cover, mm -hmm. especially in regards to mobility, because basically everything you do in level two goes overhead. Yeah. So you have to push press, the jerk, the snatch, windmill, bend press, all overhead stuff. And especially the double overhead kettlebell skills require a lot of mobility from the shoulder and from, from um, the upper body. So you have to really take your time preparing here. Makes um, sense. But it's, it's dense. There's so much information in there. And what I really appreciated was that, sure, level one is an instructor course as well, mm -hmm. but you're treated as a new person when you come to level two they expect you to be an instructor already so what also happens is that the teaching skills are getting more refined here so the way they break down the exercises the way they progress you let's say in the bend press for example um it's it's really really amazing that's cool i'd be very interested in taking that oh you should yeah, you will like it. <laughs> I, 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 lo I do the clean and jerk pretty off myself, and I like to double snatch, and I like the windmill, especially if like mobilizing. The, mm -hmm. I need work on the bent press. I need a lot of work on the bent press. I'll practice. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That is something um, that a you can't rush it, and you also have to work on on your the requirements basically. So in regards to mobility, but also in regards to strength. You, you have to have a, a good foundation for the bent press, probably more so than for a lot of the other lifts. Cool. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. And then you, you progressed on to the uh, body weight. Did Karen yeah, tell that was, yeah. that was the most challenging one. That's why I pushed <laughs> it to the very last time. Uh, because um, my ankle mobility is actually quite screwed up. Oh, really? So I can't do a body weight squat without my... Uh, heels leaving the ground it's just not working yeah it's getting better mm -hmm. so when i did my my level one i wasn't sure if i would pass the technique test for the double front squad mm -hmm. but just because i wasn't sure if i could hit depth wow. without having some elevation for my heels yeah yeah uh and then they added the pistol requirement and <laughs> for the sfb oh I yeah was like okay that's not a good point i hope that i would be able to do the sfb before that would happen but it did not mm -hmm. um so that was quite scary <laughs> i can't tell you yeah I mean, the push-up that just required practice mm -hmm. but the the pistol seemed so unapproachable mm -hmm. basically um yeah it's in the end it was just a matter of patience sure it's just working diligently on, on the ankle mobility day by day by day by day, making those small steps. You sometimes don't even recognize yourself. Sure. I think that's why it's so hard sometimes for people because you, you don't seem to make any progress. But luckily for me, they allowed you to have a counterweight in the pistol squad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. And with some great tips from Fabio, I was actually able to, to get that as well. 
it's not the most beautiful pistol, but it passes the standards. It's safe, so yeah, I take it. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I agree with you. I, I prefer doing a pistol with a with a counterbalance weight. It makes it more palatable. Yeah. And um, and to your point, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, the consistency that one percent, those little steps moving forward, um, got you to where you need to go. And then to clarify for listeners, it's a one arm, one leg push up for men. Yep, exactly. It's a lot of tension <laughs> and balance the balance yeah. thing is actually something i completely underestimated or from a different point of view overestimated mm-hmm. uh, underestimated to be honest because fabio helped me there quite a lot with creating a training program for the the, the one-arm push-up and for two months i basically just practiced one-arm push-ups and nailed the one-on-one leg push-up afterwards without any specific practice for that. Whoa. That was that was quite interesting. That's some willpower there. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but the body weight one really was so we had in no, let me get that right. In April, no, in March of 2019, we had the very first body weight course in in, in Germany mm-hmm. with Pavel Matzek. And I wasn't SFB certified at that point, so I took it as a attendee. Mm-hmm. And that is really where everything, where the puzzle pieces, the missing one, fell into place because it. I I finally realized the the strength as skill approach. Mm-hmm. That it, that it doesn't matter which modality you use, whether it be it a barbell, dumbbells, kettlebells, whatever, but the way you approach the training is what gives you the results you're after. Mm -hmm. And that is something, so that was what really made bodyweight training approachable for me because up until that point, I basically just did a few pull-ups. Sure, yeah. That was my bodyweight training. Everything else I did with barbells or kettlebells. Mm -hmm. But that one, that course really um, opened my eyes in that regard. That's a good point that Sven brings up. Um, and when I had coffee with Eric the very first time, he's like, if I were to go through the progression, he would start at the SFB, the body weight, then the kettlebell, then the barbell. And, it, and I'm glad it made sense for you too. Yeah. That, that course, it lear- I learned a lot about how to irradiate better and how to create tension and how to, I didn't even try to do a pistol squat or one arm push up until the course on purpose. Again, like the barbell, I wanted to table everything, go in there, total white belt beginner, yeah. you know, preschool, whatever, just go in there, thirsty, learn it. And um, that's a great course. And it was great too. Think, go ahead. I, I, sorry. I think a lot of people approach the certifications with the, with the goal on passing on site. Yeah. But sometimes, especially if you didn't have proper instruction before, take the certification, mm-hmm. take the teaching, take a lot of notes mm-hmm. and then practice for yourself because you have a few months later or afterwards to, mm-hmm. to video yourself and pass the certification through that as well. And I like that approach. That's the approach I went with because mm-hmm. I, I like, I want to learn and take as much notes and fail in front of the coaches and see what they <laughs> see and then practice. That requires you to be humble. And that is <laughs> yeah. something, the hardest thing for most people. Yeah, including me. I always had the the expectation of myself to to pass on site, mm-hmm. but I was lucky enough to have had good coaches before that every single time. 
I mean, when I was preparing for my level one, there were three instructors all over Germany. And there was one level two instructor. Wow. And he was based in the same time, a town I would live in. Wow. That was just interesting. That is fascinating. Uh, For context here in Denver, I'm not even on the sheet. Like there's like 25 SFGs <laughs> in our gym. We only have uh, four instructors and all of them are strong first, at least oh, SFG, SFG2, uh, SFL. Yeah. So we're, 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 if you're in Denver, please come visit us. <laughs> it's a great, great <laughs> And also they did uh, MoveNet too, MoveNet and um, which is really fun stuff. Uh, I've got Erwin's book right up there. And then you mentioned Quick and Dead. Quick and Dead's right there, side of focus. But um, strong and You're, you're being mentioned. Oh, yeah, I, I'm very honored. Page 43 with our friend Matthew Flaherty. I keep mentioning Matthew's name more than anybody else's name on the show because he's just a great guy. And Eric. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Eric's mentioned a lot as well. Yes, he is. Um, well, him and I were spitting together notes. I'd be like, Eric, we've done the, um, the 033. And what are you doing? Like, what are you enjoying about it? And also, I'm going to be on top of this mountain if you want to meet up here 11,000 feet later. And uh, so, yeah, getting to share notes with Eric um, and then going over to, to Dr. Craig Markham. Hey, I've also invited oh, yeah. Yo, Craig is amazing. Uh, we, I was fortunate to have two great episodes with him. And he actually did awesome a episodes. Yeah. 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 Please, people, revisit that. In fact, a lot of people I get to train who who are intrigued by the mitochondria and efficiency and, and how to get better for endurance and, and anything in the mountains. I refer them to that episode. Like if you want to know why this works, not just from me telling you, but like from a doctor, <laughs> check this episode out. Yeah. It does a great job explaining it. Also like how Pavel explains it in, in the book in quick and death, mm-hmm. it gives you an easy entrance to that topic. Yeah, right. But then if you want to dive deeper, Craig's the way he explains it, it's, it's just, it's just fantastic. It is. I like that. And I love how Pavel is. He uses his humor, his directness, and it's actionable, right? And everybody. The way he writes, it's just is so hilarious. It is. I uh, mean, he brings the information across like probably no one else would be possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way he, he writes, there's certain expressions in there. They're just, it's just entertaining. It is. <laughs> it, it, it was a pleasure. I, I had never met Pavel until November of of this year he came to our, our studio to present the strong endurance and i was hired to do the camera work and, and audio video so if you attended that oh, yeah right. i'm sorry if i messed up the zoom a few times and i did <laughs> i hear thing i i failed i failed at least a dozen times during that but we we got the job done and it was a great presentation and pavel is just so fun and so kind at every break he was thank you sean and the microphone charged microphone you know just professional kind yeah um, on day two, I messed up and the Zoom didn't start correctly. And we're 10 minutes in. I'm like, Pavel, time out. We got to redo. He's like, I will not redo that. <laughs> I was like, okay, you are Pavel. You will not redo that. That's fine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it was, yeah, but that's just the way he is. It's it, so funny. It was, it was dry. It was funny. It was, everybody laughed. And we moved forward. It was great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So um, it works. It works, works really well. And back to the quick and the dead, the, it works. It, again, it's just uh, oh, yeah. two lifts and it, it, the results speak for themselves. I, I, like I said, wrote a little bit for page 43 and other people have had great success. Derek Toshner has done quite a bit for, oh, yeah. yeah. He did a great job at the Strong Endurance events explaining what he's done since that book uh, as far as training, like snatch walking, 
um, and a bunch of really cool things that never crossed my mind. So it was cool to see how I went to the very first strong event, the strong endurance event in 2017, met Greg Cook there, Dr. Chris Frankel from TRX and like all of our, Brett Jones, all of, all of our mentors oh, were there, great. right? All one room is great. But, um, but back then it was just, it was just the swing and the snatch and the pushup. That's what you did. Right. And then I was like, what if you didn't, uh, you know, jump squats or some other stuff with body weight. And I took notes on that. And it was cool because the revised, I won't give away the, the course because everybody should definitely take it when it comes out, but oh, yeah. it has been updated to include more things than just the swing and, um, and snatch and push up. I attended it last year in England. Mm -hmm. And from what I heard, it was the best until then. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I think he did one, one more in person before everything got shut down. But what was so amazing was not only the way he explained everything, but also he had people demonstrate the different protocols on day one and day two. Oh, yeah. We had like 20, so we, 22 demonstrations. And there was some mm -hmm. seen it happen. And the, the different things. It was not just the, the protocol from the quick and the dead. Mm -hmm. He had Luca Cursor from oh, yeah. Canada do one of the uh, pull-up protocols, actually. Yes. It was so great, so many great demonstrations and informations way beyond the, well, normal application of the strong endurance material. It was just amazing. I'm glad you get to witness that too. We had a kickboxer come in and he was doing kicks and then swings and then jumps, yeah. right? And then at the same time, another person was doing the pull-up one you're mentioning where it had quite a bit of rest and they progressed. Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. And uh, she is trained for the Iron Maiden. And she was like, oh, this is my new training protocol. It was so, it was such an eye-opener. And he is the, the best coach I've ever seen. He just, he's like total sensei, just looks there. No, 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 more weight, you know, just change this, change that. Oh, it's, it's amazing, amazing. I have, a, I have a story for you. So <laughs> there was something that um, I, that, you know, the, the getting uncomfortable to learn putting yourself into new situations. So every time I'm at a certification and they're asking for volunteers, mm -hmm. I raise my hand, whether I like <laughs> Courage. it or not. Courage, yep. So on day one, they asked for volunteer or he asked for volunteers for a snatch protocol. And I was like, ah, oh, what the hell? Raising my hand. I never thought that he would pick me, but he did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was like, oh, I think it was the, the snatch protocol from, from the quick and the dead, but I'm not 100% sure anymore. And he was like, okay, get your snatch bell. You can snatch comfortably for, I don't know how many reps. It was quite heavy actually. Mm -hmm. So I got a 32. Mm. And um, <laughs> so we, we did, I think two rounds, three rounds, not, not that much. And he was like, okay, wait, 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 no, no, no. Everyone get a heavier bell. Even Sven, you big sissy, get the 40. <laughs> in front of everyone and i was like okay you can't say no so get the 40 that was just it was it was funny so oh. his way of teaching is um he has a, a probably special kind of humor but it's um it's it, you have to at least do one live event with him i think Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's just so so amazing it is his persona from the book comes to life in a beautiful way yeah and it's, it's definitely worth attending and seeing in person and still he's so approachable i mean in oh. the during the rest break uh the the lunch break on day two he was like okay i'll be sitting in front come 
and take uh, ask me questions or go for lunch. Yeah, how cool! So probably, I think, only a handful of people went for for lunch. Everyone stayed and asked questions. It was it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, well, I would I would bring a lunch and just stand there and ask questions too. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's he, like you say, he's so personal. And I I noticed he enjoyed uh, San Pellegrino, and I had just got a case of San Pellegrino. I know you like lemon, uh, San Pellegrino lemon. So him and I are like drinking the same drinks throughout the half the course it was i was like yeah i'm drinking the same drink as Pavel. it's great it's the small things sometimes small things goes a long way <laughs> oh, that's so cool this is so fun so thank you for explaining like your path what you've learned these takeaways um what, what else have you learned through the course of this last decade of education um let I me mean, ask a big question right that is a big question what have i learned i think one of the biggest takeaways for me was when I when I realized how much there is to training in regards to well enriching your life basically I like that because at one point I think there is a point where you realize that what you do goes above and beyond the gym yes it's um in in different ways I think whether you realize how much training does for you health-wise or how you, you, you mentally got stronger in, in different situations outside of training. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I think Brad said that on your episode where he says the physical is a gateway to the mental. Oh, yeah. So that it starts, most people start training for physical reasons. They want to look better. They want to get stronger. But there comes that point I think where you realize that there is way more to it than you thought at first. And, and like we said earlier, that's what will keep you training. Yeah. That is what will keep you um, doing your training, even on days where you don't feel like it because you know how much it will actually give you. It's the, the, the idea. I think Pavel um, stated the first time in, in, in his very first book in Power to the People that the training should give you more than it takes from you. I love that. It's... And you can see that from the physical standpoint, but you can also see it from a mental standpoint, basically. So sometimes, yes, it takes some resistance you have to overcome to start training, but in the end, it will just make you appreciate that you trained and that you're... It shows you that you're able to, to do the things you don't want to do on days you don't feel like doing them, Mm -hmm. which is what will give you the results over the long term oh i love it yeah training for a quality of life and mm -hmm. strength has a greater purpose exactly yeah and to, to, to empathize with that the the physical training has given me mental strength and courage to handle some pretty big life events and also as a as a teacher i love when i get the text from a, a student like the suitcase carry we've been doing the last two months paid off. I was able to carry my groceries, the great posture, and I carried more. Or, you know, I'm like, there it is. <laughs> it just exactly. worked in the real world. It's beautiful. I light up every time when someone tells me what they, how their, their everyday life just improved through the little things we do in training. Because then I know, well, I'm doing my job right. <laughs> and they also get getting to know the real value and benefit of training. Yep. Oh, it's beautiful. These are good takeaways. I mm -hmm. uh, love it. We're going to need to do part two because we're just barely scratching the surface here. 
<laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, I can't believe that we're talking for over an hour already. I, and I know it's like the first question. I have like five more. So <laughs> we'll definitely have to get back to doing this um, here in February or, or earlier. Uh, this, time. Thank you very much, Sven. This has been an Thank you so pleasure. much for the opportunity. Yeah. Is there, uh, would you like people to come find you on Instagram or where should people find more about you? So like you said, you can find Strong First Germany on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can find me just by Sven Riga. So my, my name, there is no fancy uh, Instagram handle I'm using. I'm not <laughs> creative in that regard. <laughs> um, yeah, but feel free to reach out anytime. Excellent. And Sometimes it might take me a little longer than I would want to come back to you, but uh, I will come back definitely. <laughs> That's, he's also in Germany. So give him, you know, the eight hour difference from Denver to Germany for one. And also he's very, you know, he's, he has a lot of great content and I love following his stuff. It's very encouraging. It's, it's, it's great. I highly recommend everybody give him a follow and just it'll brighten your day and uh, fill you with good information. <laughs> Thank you so much. But the same goes to you and your podcast, man. Um, oh, I appreciate seriously, it. Uh, you have people on and the information they put out and just the conversation you have with them is absolutely worth listening to. Thank you. I, I appreciate it very much. I didn't know what I was doing when I started this. It was basically an excuse for me to put up uh, interviews with like Patagonia that we're already having. And then the, the people that have come through this year, um, it blows my mind. I, the list of people. Yeah. It, I'm so grateful for the opportunities. And if anything in 2020, is, as I've learned, is connection, you know, family, like reaching out. And we're all in the same boat together and we all want to see everybody succeed and we all have a lot to exactly. share. I want to just want to help other people. So like, you know, strength is a greater purpose. Reach out and pull some exactly. And I mean, everybody is bashing social media sometimes about how it's a waste of time, but I think it's how you use it. It's a tool yes. like anything else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just be a little bit more selective. Mm-hmm. In, in how you, in, in the pages you follow, for example. I mean, sure, there's a lot of things out there for entertainment, but you can also use it just to stay in contact with people you like and admire. This is true. Page, there are so many great pages out there. Mm -hmm. um, just use it a little bit differently and you will see that it can actually make quite a difference in times like that. And it's also a great opportunity to, if you have that worldwide family, mm -hmm. to stay in contact with them. And you see them succeeding day by day. And this is giving you the motivation to probably keep going th through a tough day as well. And that's very well stated. And, and like you said, I'm very selective with who I interact mm -hmm. with on social media. I, I only seek out people who I think will enrich my life or I can do that for them. And also it's great for me to keep up with my family and friends. Exactly. And there's a lot of garbage out there. Sure. But you can, you can not like it. You can filter it out. You can create your own media channel basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it doesn't have to be an echo chamber. It can be, it can be enriching. And, you know, you know, it's easy to only have just certain people you follow, but like, I like to have wide discussions with people all across the board and just try and see how they see the world. So exactly. Yeah. There's so many interesting approaches out there to, to basically everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you don't have to, to be the same opinion as everyone you're following, but you can take basically something from, from everyone who's out there, trying to make an honest to 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 contribute in an honest way yeah i'd say i i can appreciate that yeah it'd be a pretty boring place if we all agreed on everything <laughs> oh that would be so boring yeah we would do no growth for that exactly that's the point well i love this sometimes you need your your few uh, points of view challenged 
It, and this is a comical thing. I am married, so I get this daily. It's nice to, <laughs> I think I've got it all figured out. My head's in the clouds, and then I'm like, I get my other point of view. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So it's you good. You have that, that big complex idea in your head, and someone comes around, well, you could also do it like this. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, it's nice to have balance, the yin to the yin, if you will. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, let's, let's, I, for the other four questions or other five questions, well, let's do this again here in a month or two, Sven. This has been an absolute blast. Like you I said, yeah, like you said, it would not be hard to have a conversation. And no, it, definitely yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. I know it's crazy you right too. now. But, uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. We're going to do a little Zoom with some friends. And um, that's, all of that's us, great. Yeah, Zoom has been, we're Zoom right now. It's been a great resource. Yeah, it works. I mean, a friend of mine did her, uh, celebrated her birthday like that. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a great tool. So 2020 has given us a lot of learning opportunities and mm -hmm. thank you for Zoom. <laughs> Definitely. It wasn't an easy year, but I think everyone was able to take at least a few uh, lessons from it. I hope so. Oh, exactly. You know, like before we push record, I, I was showing uh, Sven the, the multi-camera setup I used when I'm doing my online classes and it's fun. I already have the cameras and I, I'm, I'm going to do an episode on how to build this setup. It's also the same setup I use to record Pavel, to do strong endurance. Mm -hmm. So th this year has given opportunities to yeah. get better presentation skills, not just for fitness. I, I help uh, lawyers and other professionals build out their communications better. We're all trying to, like you said, help other people get the message out clearly and just bring some joy to this world. And I think despite everything, there were at least a few beautiful moments in this year. Absolutely. And th that's what still makes this year worth remembering, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah sure, we're in the second lockdown here in Germany, and I didn't think that the year would end like that. But yeah. still, there were so many great moments in between mm -hmm. so, or in the beginning of the year. So oh, It's so true. You know, I'll end up, well, not end up, I'll kind of go ahead and start direction because I can't. This <laughs> is so much fun. I received a holiday card from a, a student and it was like, good riddance 2020. And I was like, good riddance? I'm like, I, I had two gyms closed in one week. I had a lot of things I can complain about, but then you find new ways, right? And you learn. And uh, so was, every year for Christmas, I make my wife a, a book of pictures of it, things we've done, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's a great gift. It, it lasts forever. It's not a thing you go buy, right? This thing, that thing you create. And usually I have like 30 or 40 photographs. This year I had 120. I was like, whoa, we still did a lot of stuff. You know, there you see, even the quarantine, you still could go outside. We, we, we did a lot of things. Yeah, a lot to be grateful for in 2020. And then moving forward too, like, my goodness, how much things we have to be grateful for when we get to do stuff in person again. Uh, it's going to have exactly. a greater appreciation for sure. Well, and also, I think one of the best podcasts was, um, Brett, I think he talked about that on your, uh, on the interview you did with him as well about his cancer treatment and every, everything. But there's another one he did with, uh, well, let me get that name right, Mimi Chen, Culture Chat. Okay. So basically the, the whole episode is just about how he uh, managed to go through that time. And if you think you had a bad year, listen to that episode and then... I'd say there are just a handful of people who had a worse year than he had in those few months. So, yeah. And um, despite everything, when you look at his Facebook or Instagram posts from that time, 
mm-hmm. you would have not guessed what he went through. It's, it's yeah. just crazy. Um, yeah. Strength it's has a greater purpose. It, it does. Oh, strength has a greater purpose. That's a great way <laughs> to end this one. <laughs> We're going to, we'll have like two or three more here very soon. <laughs> I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> awesome. All right, Zen. Well, I'll let you get to enjoying your New Year's Eve. And to all you Engimit listeners out there, much love to you and your families. And have a great 2020 celebration. And here comes 2021. Let's make the most of it. To a strong and healthy new year. And you as well. Mm-hmm.